You know, when you smash a burger into the griddle and you get that lacy edge that's just so full of flavor. Well, we're going to be talking about that today in this episode of FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick, and I am talking to just OG friend of food management, Dan Henroy from UCSF Health in San Francisco. We have just kept up with him over the years. He's always on the cutting edge. And going back to that burger, he has gotten just some really good recognition locally for what a good burger it is. And you'll be surprised to know, maybe not because it's healthcare dining, but it has a healthy element. It's blended with mushrooms. And he's been doing this for a few years, but the local media kind of just caught on to how good the food is there. And we get into a conversation um, about sort of local news reporters always falling back in the same cliche. Like, who would expect there to be good food in a hospital? Or it's like, here's the last place you'd expect a good meal. The hospital! Like, it just seems like such a cliche. And, you know, like, I completely respect the work that local reporters do. I used to be one. I know how hard it is and how many different topics and, like, areas of expertise that you're expected to understand. But this is one that's just kind of just a pet peeve where it's like, you know hospital food. I don't know. So please listen. Please enjoy. Um, thank you so much. Dan, you have been a friend to Food Management Magazine for a really long time. So welcome to our podcast. It's a pleasure to be back. For sure. We, we certainly have followed what you've been doing Um certainly like on, you know, at the forefront of, of healthcare dining, you're one of the people that we look to, to see like, what's happening? What's, what are the new trends? Um, but today we're going to be talking about a specific topic, which is a very fun topic, burgers. And I guess I just wanted to start off by having you take us back. I believe it was 2017. Mm-hmm. And I actually did the story about it. You guys introduced a blended burger program. So tell us about it. Yeah, I think we were amongst one of the first uh, programs, not the first, but certainly one of the first programs in healthcare to do a blended burger. I think uh, College University have been doing blended burgers. Uh, I think what we did a little different, uh, UCSF Health is a three hospital system in the city of San Francisco. And as, as we were looking at our sustainability program and some of the goals that we had, uh, we made the fundamental decision to uh, switch our entire burger program, no matter which line of business. And we think of things in terms of patient dining, our retail food services, and our catering. Um, we were going to switch everything to a blended burger. Um, many people have maybe just done blended burgers in the front of the house. Uh, we said we're going to do it all, um, all at once, uh, all three sites, all lines of business, and just do it and see what happens. All in. Exactly. And, and part of it was not just switching the, the burger, you know, from a, we, we do a 70, 30 uh, blend uh, as we looked at the entire program. So for example, we were doing a really nice uh, grass fed, grass finished uh, four to one burger, but it was a yeah. frozen product. So we made a decision, we're going to go to a fresh product. And then we went to a, a blended smash burger. Uh, we mm-hmm. looked at the bun, we looked at the sauces, we looked at the toppings, we looked at the entire program and then we marketed the heck out of it. We call it the better burger and mm-hmm. um, was very upfront with our customers about yeah. the fact that it was not 100 percent 
uh, ground beef and it did have mushrooms and all that. And, and, like, and it's better. And here's why. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of leading them down that path. That's very cool. So better from a health perspective, better from an environmental perspective. And uh, we, we were doing that for, for quite some time. So since, like you said, since August, 2017. And I think that um, sort of journeying to the center of the burger itself, I think um, grass-fed is already kind of leaner and most people agree that it's, that it's healthier for you. And when you said 70-30, I was like, wow, like at home, I do like 80-20. So what is, when people are looking at kind of the, so is yours, is, that's leaner, 70-30. Well, 70%, uh, so it's an 80-20 beef um, um, product, but it's 70% ground beef and 30% mushrooms by oh, weight. Okay. You were talking about that part. That wasn't yeah. that. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I got it now. <laughs> so to- we, we stayed a little bit fattier in terms of an 80, 80, 20. Um, yeah. but when we, when I asked around to my colleagues who were already doing this, particularly in colleges and universities, mm-hmm. that, that seemed to be about where people were at. And then we did, the right uh, yeah. I mean, it was really important to work. We 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 get it done to spec from a local uh, purveyor, and uh, they they use a, a wonderful local Nyman Ranch uh, oh. beef product. And um, so there's there's lots of things to be done, and it comes in ready to go, um, you know, in in chubs, and we just sort of scoop and smash uh, for our customers and our patients. Yeah, the smashing element, I think, is what made it such a cool culinary story for me to cover because it was like the blended thing. Yes, we've heard of that, but combining it with the smash burger, which I personally think is the best way to have a burger because you get those lacy edges because of the Maillard reaction. You've got the flavor on it and it's such a just delightful like way to make a burger. Mm-hmm. So you've since then expanded on it. So tell more about it's, I, I believe you call it even better burgers or <laughs> something like something to that. So, um, you know, we're, we're part of initial signatory members of the cool food pledge. And so we're looking at how we're estimating greenhouse gas emissions from the food that we buy. And there's, there's no question that uh, beef and lamb are at the top of the list in terms of when you look at that from a holistic standpoint. So um, when we kind of got down and said, we, we have about three beef products that we're, we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, the burger was a pretty big one. We already got the, the benefit of that 30% uh, in mushrooms, but it was still our number one item contributing to sort of our estimates of emissions. So we said, well, um, w- what else can we do? So right around the time we did uh, the, the beef burger, we had started playing around with a turkey blend as well, and to the same 70% uh, ground turkey, 30% mushrooms. Mm-hmm. We've been just playing around with it in the background and it came from the same purveyor. And then we made a decision to say, well, if, if, the, if this is our top item, maybe we just need to take a swag and uh, see what happens if we take it off the menu. Mm-hmm. And um, we, well, we, when I say take it off the menu, we actually found that more of our burgers were coming from our patient dining menu Oh. And from our cafes. Mm-hmm. So we uh, added the uh, beef mushroom, I'm sorry, the turkey mushroom blend burger. We mm-hmm. came up with some new pairings, some, some value meals and some other things like that to market it on the front of the house. Um, and then eventually we made the decision to take it off the patient menu. So we have uh, a, a beef meatloaf as uh, the only beef menu item that is on our patient menu. And again, this is for all three hospital campuses. And uh, when we put it live in, in the front of the house, we market it as the even better burger. 
Yeah, the same type of approach, fresh, mm -hmm. smash, uh, other components with nice buns and sauces and other toppings to kind of round out the culinary experience. And uh, we've been doing that um, for, for some time now. And I don't know that would work in every part of the country, uh, but we have not had um, substantive mm -hmm. complaints and all of that. And because that was that the patient burgers were driving our purchase of, mm -hmm. of ground beef, um, we've been able to have some success with keeping it uh, more focused on more of a turkey blend. Oh, that's so cool. And I was thinking that um, turkey with, they that could really benefit from having the mushrooms because it is that umami flavor that sometimes just a turkey burger, that's obviously going to be missing. It's like, you got to do something with it because it's pale and bland and like, uh, and it doesn't have that glorious, like beefy fat to it. So it's like, sure, the mushrooms sure. would kind of stand in for that beefy flavor. Cause I've, I've written many things about where people substitute just mushrooms, just, you know, out of whole cloth for something that meat would go in. So it's like that, it seems like a perfect pairing. Kind it, it's worked really well. Um, certainly we've had to customize some of the toppings. We've done some slaws and some other things with the turkey blend that we haven't done with the beef blend. So uh, our chefs have done a really uh, nice job and we've done whatever we can to sort of market and promote the, the benefits on the patient um, you know, menu. It's one of the pictures on our patient menu. So uh, we're, we're pretty happy with it. And I, I, the big thing is our, our, our patients are happy with it as well. Mm -hmm. On the retail side, we're still offering the choice. I would probably put a little bit more marketing oomph behind the turkey blend, but we are still offering uh, the, the, the beef blend and um, that's, that's gone you know, really well. We do believe in choice and trying yeah. to give as much information up front as possible about the food that we provide to our patients and customers. Yeah, and having, having that option. And so once you scoop it out of the thing and then you smash it, is that happening on a flat top? It is. And our flat tops are all literally in front of the customers. So literally they're coming out of a refrigerated drawer, uh, bending down, scooping, and then smashing it right on the flat top in, in front of the customer at all of our campuses. So you get that, that experience part of it too. They see that's my burger. Um, you know, so the, it, it's worked out very well from an experiential perspective. Oh yeah. Just um, showing the freshness of it sounds amazing like that's that's just a burger that you're going to like to get and exactly you got some recognition like some really cool um recognition from the bold italic they um named you as you know one of the best burgers in the bay area is that right i'm, I'm looking yeah. at well i have it in front of me and so yeah, we got a, a notice uh, a few weeks ago that uh, we've been recognized as one of the best burgers uh, in the Bay. And um, you know, so the Bold Italic is a local uh, magazine, but it did get picked up somewhat nationally. Um, you know, the, the best part of it was, you know, sometimes, and, and certainly UCSF Health has applied for awards and sought recognition and all that, but this one was not. Yeah. And so it really came uh, out of the blue. Yeah, um, and it, nobody was lobbying for this to happen, in other words. Not at all. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, you know, when we when I first saw it and someone sent it to me, I'm like, uh, well, I, I had very kind of low expectations as to kind of how much of a blurb it was or whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, the, the gentleman did a very nice story yeah, uh, it's on a it. Story. Absolutely. And the picture with it, can I just say, it's like, it looks so amazing. The bun 
I guess it's a pretzel bun, but it has mm -hmm. like a really brioche kind of quality because it looks really yes. fluffy, but it doesn't look too hard. And it's like crispy around the edges. And then that gorgeous lace and just, you know, a slice of cheese, some ketchup. That's kind of my favorite burger. Like, you know, it's like you try so many different things, but like this, it looks like the um, like platonic ideal of a burger. <laughs> so very yep. cool. It looks like the burger emoji that you'd find on your phone. Well, he, it was his burger, the writer who, who wrote up the, the story, and uh, I know exactly where it was taken and which cafe it was in and, and all that. So uh, he he did a nice job. Uh, you know, the other part of his particular most healthcare in, in the country the last couple of years have really had lots of restrictions you know, on visitors. So, um, you know, he was actually uh, had had business in the hospital, was able to get in and do that and uh, had actually partaken in our burgers yeah. uh, previously from some other visits that, that he had. Yeah. So uh, had, yeah. a, had a very nice uh, back and forth with him, thanking him for the article. Uh, but the best part was this, the response from our team, you know, the last couple of years have been very, very uh, challenging. And so to get that unexpected kudos, no matter who it came from Absolutely. and uh, it just, just really was great to see the reaction and the, and the pride that our team had oh. on, on receiving um, something like that. I wish there was more opportunities for all of the non-commercial sectors to get those kinds of recognitions. We could all use a boost after the last couple of years. So uh, we're very thankful for what we got. <laughs> that's where, that's what food management is always trying to do. So that, that definitely ties in because I, it's so important to get that recognition. And it's, to me, it's so much more interesting to talk to on-site people because celebrity chefs get so much recognition. It's like, I'm like the 10th reporter that they talk to that day. Like, and they all say the same thing or whatever, but <laughs> I'm off on a tangent. And this, yes, this article in the bold italic, Thomas Smith is the writer. And as you said, he, he did a fantastic job of highlighting this, but I do have kind of a nitpicky thing to say about it. Um, journalistically, you might know where I'm going with this, um, but like in our magazine, a trade journal that is national, we look at a whole bunch of local stories to see what's going on in healthcare dining. And, and I never want to say that I mean, I know how hard local journalists work because, you know, I, I have done that. I, I understand like you're covering many things. Like maybe they would send me to a city council meeting and then a school board meeting. And I don't necessarily know all the nuance of that. So this, but it just, it happens so often that when I see it, I just kind of cringe. And the lead of his story is hospital food is the butt of all kinds of jokes right? And that seems to be kind of a cliche when a, a journalist will start a story about hospital food. And it's such an easy, like, it seems to be like, who would have thought you'd ever see good food in hospital in the same sentence? Or like, it's actually edible this time. Like, it just seems like the way that people sometimes will, when they find out that I'm from Cleveland, they're like, oh, your river caught on fire. It's like, well, you know, that was like, so many years ago and like other cities had rivers that caught on fire as well. So it's just like hospital food for a while now hasn't been that, but it seems like that's stuck like 30 or 40 years in the past when people write about it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you can't do anything about how much people try to relive the past and how far uh, away it is. Uh, we want to destroy that stereotype in, in our organization uh, we think we've had a, a bit of success in trying to do that, not only for ourselves, but for uh, the profession at large. I think only K-12 gets a, a worse rap than, than healthcare uh, uh, food service. Um, but, you know, we always look at it. We're in the boat together and trying to find, you know, a better way. And um, 
you know, it's, it's, you got to get a hook in order to have them read the rest of the story. And if that's what kind of it takes, uh, you know, I, I would agree that I didn't care for that part of it, but the, the depth that he went into the care that he took on kind of calling it out and, and all of that, um, you know, so sort of made up for having to use that really cheesy hook to kind of get people to read the article yeah and it's like and it's kind of it's not a jab at somebody doing this like I and I think it's great to cover it but it's just like if there are, if there are any local journalists listening like maybe yeah. think of a, a more nuanced way to talk about hospital food to to get people into the the mindset because it is sort of like an easy like a low-hanging fruit to say so yeah, that's I boy, I really got off onto a rant. <laughs> so, that's okay. I, I appreciate you going with me. And I wanted to know other sort of like inspiration when you're looking at um, some of the toppings that go on these and some of the different styles that you're using, like what are some resources or did you look into the mushroom council at all or things like that? Like where, where do you get the ideas? Well, I, I think we've we've looked at the we've, we've talked to the Mushroom Council. Uh, we're, we're very proud to be part of the Menus of Change University Research Consortium as a healthcare uh, entity because I, I kind of am both healthcare and dining. Um, you know, University of California San Francisco is a graduate health sciences only university. There is no dining service. I am essentially dining services too. Right. Right. So I sort of dabble on both sides of the street. So a lot of my colleagues at MCURC, uh, my colleagues at the University of California. Uh, we all do a lot of sharing of ideas and um, principles and, you know, hey, we're in Northern California, you know, pretty much a, a culinary hotbed um, and we don't have to look far for many sources of inspiration. Uh, I think we probably did a, a much better job in using, you know, Korean and Thai and other influences, particularly with the turkey blend burger um, to, to find some of those things that it just works better for, as a poultry product. Um, but you know, we, we've, we've just, we borrow ideas from wherever we can that make sense for our customers and every so often our customers give us ideas. So it's, it, we don't have to work that hard. We've got lots of great networking opportunities to give us inspiration. Yeah. That, that sounds really good. Like sort of, um, Asian flavors on a burger. It's, it's, that's one of the things that I would consider to be good fusion. There's, mm -hmm. and that again, goes hand in hand with the umami flavors that you're, that you're bringing about. Definitely. So how have things been going in general? I just, we did kind of want to catch up with you and see you're obviously you are essential workers there and you've been kind of like chugging along. So it's not like, oh, people are coming back, but maybe some of the community can start to come back a little bit into the retail side. Um, well, the, the, the local state and uh, city health departments haven't lightened up the, re the restrictions that much. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they have lightened up and we have seen an increase back. We're probably down about 15% overall in retail. Mm -hmm. On the patient side, we're bursting at the seams. We are, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the surgeries are, are back and all the things are, are back. I think the, the interesting part has been, again, I talked about being a graduate health sciences university. Um, many on the academic side of the organization, you know, they're still working more hybrid work weeks. Um, some of the students aren't back mm -hmm. as much on campus as they used to be. Mm -hmm. um, so on the healthcare side, we're we're bustling um, mm -hmm. on, on the, the university side. Mm -hmm. There's still a tremendous amount of activity, but our volume is not back. Um, probably the big thing has been our catering service. We had a very large catering service for healthcare. Mm -hmm. We're doing about three and a half million dollars. Again, kind of filling that niche of with no university operated caterer that, that really became us. Mm -hmm. um, but there was just restrictions on indoor dining. 
and things like that that have only recently on the on the academic side been loosened up. And so now we're sort of seeing some of the floodgates opening. Mm-hmm. Although I had to um, redeploy my team, mm-hmm. uh, my catering team that is, uh, during the course of the pandemic, and, and my staffing was cut about fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we decided to reopen a hospital. Uh, during the pandemic, it's a very small hospital, but mm-hmm. that hospital didn't have a kitchen. So we designed and built the kitchen What's during the that? pandemic at our Mount Zion campus. Um, and we reopened as a hospital. Uh, we yeah. opened our Mission Bay campus um, in 2015. We're very pleased to get a Best in Show award for some of that work from food <laughs> management. Um, but when that opened up, this, this small hospital campus closed as a hospital and it still had a, a clinical activity and we made the decision to reopen it. So I was very fortunate to be able to redeploy uh, many of my workers who were displaced by catering and other reductions mm-hmm. to that campus. Uh, we're building that up. We're going to be adding more beds next year and uh, really trying to you know innovate and get out of the uh, you know, get, find new solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We spun up Grubhub as an ordering platform during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're doing that at all three of our campuses. Um, the campus I just referred to at Mount Zion, where we built that kitchen, still don't have the resources to open for dinner and on weekends, uh, but we're actually making it a ghost kitchen. And so the, the Mount Zion Cafe that is open during the week for breakfast and lunch um, is we, we created a, a storefront in Grubhub so people can order for that. The tickets are fired into the back of the house mm-hmm. and we uh, were, have it available for pickup uh, or we will deliver to what I call destination delivery. Um, so mm-hmm. to specific designated locations within the building where we can kind of quickly get uh, the food up to sort of augment our service for dinner during the week, as well as uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on weekends and holidays, because we just don't have the staffing just yet to, to do that. Right. Like many um, segments of the industry, staffing is the top concern. Mm-hmm. Um, turnover, um, challenges in recruiting people, yeah. um, you know, to the profession. Um, cooks in particular seem to be uh, an area where we're challenging with. Uh, we have a unionized work environment and our, our wages were always sort of top of the market. Um, but a lot of the rest of the other segments of the industry are catching up. And uh, so we are finding it a little bit more challenging to compete for talent in the marketplace. That's interesting because if um, commercial restaurants start paying a living wage and having good benefits and everything, where does that put you? Like you need something to differentiate that we're a great place to work. So there's there's that. Huh. That's yeah, and San Francisco is very expensive, and they've had living wage ordinance. Uh, you know, I can tell you what it is, but if I, other people hear, they're like, "Oh, how you afford to pay that?" Well, that's kind of what, what it is out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's over sixteen dollars an hour, sixteen thirty-two to be exact, mm-hmm. right now. And um, but we're paying in the twenties mm-hmm. uh, for talent, and have been based on our wage scales. Um, so. You know, the, the the challenges are people going to spend 15, 20, 30 years in uh, healthcare food service yeah. uh, or any segment of the food service industry, maybe as much as they used to. I know. So, it is such a tricky question. And it's like, of course, you should pay people a living wage. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, this could be a whole nother podcast just about labor. And it's really, and I, I wish I was, you know, more better versed at it because it's very complicated. There's many sides to it and many different experiences and people's um, viewpoints that go into that too. So that's definitely 
something. <laughs> but we're, yeah, we're making it through and our team's doing a great job on, on innovating and making use of the resources and the, the people that we, we do have. And um, so we're getting through, but um, we, we weren't having maybe as many struggles uh, as many other parts of the country, but this year, this calendar year, it's really kind of changed a, a bit. Uh, just combinations of everything coming together, you know, probably more people retiring than had expected and mm-hmm. other other factors. And then just there's just a lot more competition and we're sort of changing our mentality. OK, if, if it's not going to be a 15, 20 year career, but maybe we are you know, going to be an entry point into the organization. And how can we provide a series of career paths? And some of it may not be in our department. And that's OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a mentality shift that's been really hard for for us because we've gotten used to people wanting to spend um, a long time here. University of California has a traditional pension across mm. the entire University of California, not very common these days. No, um, I'm, it's a pension. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but, but a lot of times people oh. are looking at just more what that wages and, and the retirement, you know, uh, isn't as much a, a priority for that. We've had a number of conversations with people it's like, well, I get, can get paid this over here. It's like, yeah, but we've got the benefits and we've got the pension and we've got the whole package and you've got to look at all that together. And sometimes that doesn't, isn't enough to sort of retract that. It's a shifting viewpoint or maybe, I don't know, it's probably all those things. It's probably generational too, or looking at the world, like what is going to be, because like when I went to talk to my financial planner just recently, he's talking about like the year 2040 and he's like, wait, you might, you might run out of money, right? It just seems so like, yeah. like what in the world? Like, and I just told him I'm going to go live with my daughter. <laughs> at that point. But like, it seems like, yeah. boy, what are we, I, I don't know. So it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. That, that goes along with labor. There's there's a lot of questions and things are changing really fast. So that makes your role harder. It, it is. And I, I think, again, part of it is the cost of living um, here, particularly in the city of San Francisco. Um, and I think m- many large urban cities are having the, the, the commute factor. Is right. How much is it costing me to get yeah. to and from my place of employment, whether I'm taking right. pu- public transportation or driving. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of conversations with uh, talent recently about you know, I, I, you know, I need to get a bit more in order to cover the cost of parking or, uh, you know, the, the longer commutes because they're moving further out because the housing is a little bit more affordable away from the mm-hmm. cities. And, um, you know, we've got three cities right here, Oakland, San Jose, and San Francisco. So mm-hmm. you really got to move out uh, to get out of a, a large urban area mm-hmm. um, to have the prices really kind of drop off a bit. So um, it's just sort of a confluence of factors right now for us. That brings up questions about who has access to this transportation, who is coming to work. And it's like there's, there's a lot of things that go into it, for sure. Right. So, yeah. So and exactly. any other future plans <laughs> that you can tell us? Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we're, we're getting ready to, uh, um, we've been doing online meal ordering for patient dining for some time. Uh, we, we've had a a really great program at our Mission Bay campus. We're getting ready to launch some things at our other two, uh, campuses, uh, right now. Uh, I've got a Yokai Express ramen machine coming in a couple of weeks. I know I'm not the first uh, to have those, uh, but maybe one of the first healthcare ones to have those. You're you're spurring me on to to work on my story because somebody else does have it, and they and I've been sort of emailing back and forth and working on this story for too long of a time. So I I better, if I want to get the scoop, I better better 
publish this soon, but the yokai, it seems amazing. It's a ramen robot. So you're going to have, would you set up sort of, I, as I understand it, it's like in kiosks that are kind of, you can place those throughout and then you put the supplies in there. It basically, it's like a very, very large, you know, vending machine. Um, they are not small. Um, and, um, you know, there is a, 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 you know, product and logistics that have to uh, be accounted yeah. for. And we, we're going to, we're going to stock the machine and take care of all that and have a, a great uh, partnership with Amanda and Andy. And uh, they're local in terms of being in the Bay Area. Uh, a lot of the robotic tech companies are, um, you know, Trabotics got their start out here. Um, so there's, there's quite a few uh, options that we've done in looking at. So we've got some plans to have maybe more of those types of machines. Uh, you know, put in place. And then probably the really fun uh, project is we are starting to plan for a new hospital tower at our Parnassus Heights campus, which is kind of the main campus. It's a 499 bed facility on the side of a mountain in a residential neighborhood with a university built up all around it. And we are going to add a third hospital tower. We're going to go from 499 to 682. And uh, we're going to get a new kitchen. We're probably going to have a food hall um, awesome. and, uh, we're going to be up on the sixth floor of a hospital on the side of a mountain <laughs> overlooking San Francisco. It's a tower on the side. It's like, this is like Jack Kerouac stuff right here. It's a tower on a mountain. That's very yeah. cool. I like the sound of that. Although it's, it's sort of kicking up my fear of heights a little bit. <laughs> like, it's, but it's literally built to the side that the, the loading docks on the second floor because you kind of got to go up and back around. Uh, the challenge is going to be um, getting there, um, you know, because the logistics of uh, doing that are going to be massive. And we did our Mission Bay facility that opened in 2015. That was Greenfield. There was no worries about keeping a hospital complex and a university for that matter, all working all around it. We just didn't have those concerns. And this one, we absolutely uh, will. So it's in 2030, but it takes a while to get hospitals built in California due to making sure we have all the seismic guidelines and the state approvals in place. Uh, so we're doing a lot of that design work uh, now. And uh, it's, it's very uh, deja vu-like because when I came to UCSF in 20, uh, 2006, yeah. I was signing off on the space for the Mission Bay Hospital oh that opened in 2015. And I got to see yeah. that come to fruition and uh, kind of on track right now to oh do the same thing with this new hospital tower, see it come to fruition in 2030. And that, that gives you an idea how much work goes into this, how much planning, how long it takes. This is not instant gratification business that you're in here. <laughs> no, not not at all. Uh, hospitals in California take yeah. uh, much longer to build and are uh, a little bit more expensive due to all the seismic uh, guidelines that we need to have put in place. Uh, but it's a, it's a true challenge of a career to kind of come up with how you're not only going to design that and reinvent yourself and uh, but how you're going to get there like I said the logistics of having to do shutdowns and you know, make sure our community neighbors are taken care of are going to be massive right right well I'm pretty sure that you're up to the challenge I'm quite sure of it <laughs> you're going to do a great job and also to please keep us updated along the way um, let's let's have many more conversations in the future we'd love to have you come back sometime sounds good I look forward to it cool thank you